0: Today on Two Sea Fans.
1: So it's there's a lot of factors. The first being they get caught by catch in fisheries. So yeah. they get caught accidentally, especially in shrimp trawls and, and things like that. And that's pretty much fatal when that happens to them. Their their saws get really tangled up in there. It puts a lot of strain on their organs to be dragged for that long. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it'll actually break their saw off. So even if they do make it to be released afterwards, they now don't have a way to defend themselves yeah. or hunt. So that's a big issue. Another big issue is habitat loss. So they say, use mangroves yeah. a lot.
2: Hello and welcome to 2C Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory, your podcast for marine science, conservation, and education here at Moat in Sarasota, Florida. I'm Haley Rutger.
0: And I am Joe Nicholson.
2: And we're back and we are wearing masks, but we think you can hear us okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, you look all mysterious over there with your little surgeon mask.
0: You don't even know who I am, do you?
2: No, I was not sure until you said your name.
0: I am Francesco Bertoloni. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) a new one today. (laughs) Okay Francesca, well we have a great guest with us today. We're gonna ask her to say her name, her real name that is, and her title here at Moat. Hi!
1: Hi, I'm Jasmine Graham. I'm the Marsai Lace project coordinator here at Moat.
2: Cool. And before we get any further, what's Marsai Lace again?
1: Marine Science Laboratory Alliance Center of Excellence.
0: Woo! <laughs> all right. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, that's that's a cool, uh, that's a cool acronym. Did you come up with that?
1: I did not. I would have picked a much shorter name.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're all in agreement.
0: We're, oh, gonna, we're gonna
2: get into what this mysterious Marseille lace does here Jeez. at in a little bit here. Yeah,
0: but first, where where do you where, hail from?
1: Where are you from? Um, I'm from. We'll say South Carolina. We'll say I'm from South Carolina. We'll say that. Yeah, that's I'm a military brat, so I moved around a lot, but I m- spent most of my time, and I graduated high school in South Carolina, so that's where I I say that's I'm where from. you claim yep. you're from. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you. on your driver's uh, on your passport it says South Carolina. I have no idea what it says on my passport. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it doesn't matter because you're not going anywhere right now. <laughs> but so uh you have a marine science background so how did you end up working here at moat
1: well i finished my master's degree at florida state university i wanted to stay in florida um i was interested in not only science but also broadening participation in science and making sure that people have access uh to science and so as a black woman, it was really odd to be the only person that looked like me in pretty much every scientific setting. And so I wanted to be part of the solution of creating a more uh, diverse field. And so when I came across this Marseille Lace program that was just starting up at Moat, I was super excited. One, because I've always secretly wanted to work at Moat because Eugenie Clark is A person that is just awesome that I she's the reason why I went into shark science reading all of her biographies and things like that and so I said well this seems like all the stars are aligning and so I decided to come here to work on something that I'm passionate about and then be part of this great legacy that Eugenie left behind.
0: Bam!
2: Just like that. No better reason to come to right? (laughs) I,
0: I couldn't think of a better one.
2: Carry on the shark ladies. Legacy and build upon it. Um, so, before we get into all of our cool Marcyway stuff, I want to talk about the shark science or the shark and ray science area that you've worked in because it's pretty neat and you've you've worked with a pretty different species uh, or pretty cool species called sawfish. And, and they, are
0: not, they are batoids, if I'm not. They are batoids. That is correct. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's don't laugh at me. I didn't realize that until like last week.
0: Really? Yeah. yeah, lots of
1: people uh, make that mistake. Mm-hmm.
2: So, they in batoids are rays. Ray, skates and rays. Skates and rays. Yeah. Okay. But the sawfish looks to me, it looks like a shark. It
0: looks a little sharky. That's look. true.
2: It looks So, how do you what describe a sawfish for somebody who's never seen a sawfish?
1: Uh, so sawfish are very flat Shark-looking things. <laughs> uh, so one way that you can tell that they're a ray is that their mouth and their gills is on the bottom, uh-huh. unlike in a shark where their mouth would be on the front and gills would be on the side. But they do have a tail that looks very sharky. They've got a shark-like tail and they've got dorsal fins, which confuses people a lot. But they, obviously, they're called sawfish. Uh, They have a giant saw on their face (laughs) for reasons, (laughs) because evolution is wild. Uh And uh, so basically, it's this big, long nose with teeth coming off of the side of it. And so, uh, affectionately, people in in the Twitter sphere like to call them danger
2: snoots. Danger snoots! Oh, danger snoots.
0: I like that. I always refer to them as the platypus of the sea.
1: That's well, also a cute name. Very
2: cute doesn't make as much sense to me.
0: <laughs> well, because they're the weird creature. No, I get the idea.
2: It's dangerous, yeah. snoots. Yeah, I, I like the other one more. <laughs> Don't boop that snoot.
0: <laughs> no, it'll hurt.
2: <laughs> it'll hurt. So, do what, what? Do what? Do you and other scientists know about like why why they have this strange snoot or rostrum?
1: So their rostrum they use for defense and hunting. So they swing it around at high speeds, which is great if you're trying to defend yourself. It's also great for stunning fish. So they'll swim through and swing their rostrum around in schools of fish, and it stuns the fish because they just got whacked with a saw. Ow. And then they'll <laughs> swim back through the school of fish and swallow them whole. So sawfish, because they're raised, their teeth are very plate-like. They don't actually chew their food unless they're trying to break some shells. Usually they just swallow things whole, which is a really dramatic way to eat. But uh, their rostrum also has all these cool organs on the bottom of it that are sensory glands. So whenever they're swimming above seagrass or something and the fish are trying to camouflage, they can sense them really well. So
0: they have like the ampullae of Lorenzini on their their saw? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And
2: those are electrosensory organs, eh? Yeah, so they've got
1: all the sensory organs. So it's kind of like whenever we're explaining it to kids, we like to say it's like a metal detector, except yeah, yeah, for yeah. it's like a fish. That's exactly fish what I was well, that's thinking. A, that's, about. A,
0: that's a really good way of doing it. Yeah. That is exactly kids, what
2: I was thinking. A kid can wrap their
0: head around that. I must yeah. be a
2: kid. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so we've got the we got the small two sawfish in our region, right? Yes. Cool. And the reason I'm bringing this up right now is because in Why? just a few days, Why? October 17th is International Sawfish <gasps> Day. No.
0: Yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you don't sound happy. <laughs> He's like, oh, God. <laughs> what, is the, what is this day of sawfish that we're, we have coming up? <laughs>
1: so, International Sawfish Day was created a couple years ago as a joint effort between a bunch of zoos and aquariums and scientists that really want to get the word out about sawfish because most people go their entire lives without seeing them. Uh, they're one of the most endangered elasmobranchs in the world. Uh, That's this group of animals, and so people got together to kind of raise awareness about what a sawfish is, especially in areas where sawfish are are prevalent. Well, I guess sawfish are never prevalent, but <laughs> where sawfish <laughs> yeah, are, they are, yeah. they, um, they just want to get people to know: okay, these animals are out here; they're endangered. As cool as you think that this saw is going to look on your wall, it's illegal, don't <laughs> kill it. So uh, that's kind of what what International Sawfish Day is about. It's a, it's a big effort to try and raise awareness uh, and just kind of let people know that there are really awesome animals out here and that we need to protect them, especially in areas where they're not uh, protected as well. Yeah, so I'm we, sure it
0: helps yeah. spawn, you know, conservation and, and thoughts of, you know, hey, let's... Let's save the sawfish.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: The The new slogan is, they're not dangerous snoots, they're endangered snoots. Okay. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that, is, that is good.
2: Because most of them, are they all like considered to be like truly endangered? I guess they, they are yeah. in like the IUCN. Right? Yeah, they're
1: all critically endangered or endangered. So either the step right before extinction or the step before the step before extinction.
2: Neither of those sounds particularly good to me. And is it because it's... Is it because of overharvest over the long term that they were...
1: So it's there's a lot of factors. The first being they get caught bycatch in fisheries. So yeah. they get caught accidentally, mm-hmm. especially in shrimp trawls and, and things like that. And that's pretty much fatal when that happens to them. They're... Their saws get really tangled up in there. It puts a lot of strain on their organs to be dragged for that long. Yeah, And uh, sometimes it'll actually break their saw off. So oh. even if they do make it to be released afterwards, they now don't have a way to defend themselves yeah. or hunt. So oh. that's a big issue. Another big issue is habitat loss. So they use say, mangroves yeah. a lot. Yeah. And so we're losing our mangroves. And so having your nursery ground tied to a mangrove is is not working out very well for them and then the third is is poaching and exploitation of people catching them and keeping their saws and stuff like that
0: we had a scientist here that did sawfish studies um years ago i guess now Mm -hmm. Um, and have have you been able to access or see any of her studies because i think she did a lot about the uh the habitat loss in south florida
1: Yes. Are you talking about Tanya Wiley? Tanya Wiley. Yes, yes, I work with Tanya Wiley a lot. Oh,
0: okay. Cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Tanya is Tanya's really nice. Uh, really cool. She moved out to Texas. I think she came back though.
1: Yeah, she's back. She's in Palmetto, All and right. uh, I we collaborate on a lot of things. And uh, yeah, I've worked with her a lot, as well as uh, Colin and Michelle, who also Heifel, used yeah. to be. Yeah. Uh huh.
0: It's
2: Very is yeah. That, yeah. that, Colin? And, okay, and yeah. And Michelle
0: Heifel. She was the one that. Uh, was tagging the juvenile black tips in uh, Teresia Bay and found that when hurricanes were coming through, they would leave the bay and then come back after the hurricane. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm like way off track here. Sorry. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <a dubbing clears throat> history here. Yeah, I like yeah. it,
2: though. It's good stuff. So it's in, so International Sawfish Day is on. So we said October seventeenth. October seventeenth. So if people want to get involved, where should they go? And
0: how can we build our own saws to wear on our head? Yeah. So I'm partial to
1: building uh, my oh. saws out of cardboard. No. I have many photos of me with ridiculous saws on my head for nice. entertainment purposes of for children <laughs> uh, so the way you can get involved you can actually go on to the website there's a website and for international sawfish day and they have all sorts of activity books coloring pages informational sheets things like that also if people are interested we I will be having a booth on International Sawfish Day from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. in our um, aquarium here at Moat. And so that's some a place that you can stop by, get some information, get some cool swag. Will
0: you be wearing your Dad? cardboard? <laughs>
1: I Snoot. can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> whether I will have my Danger Snoot on my head. Well,
0: that will fully determine whether or not I come out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love that. I want to make one now. Um, so that's really all very cool, and um, we look forward to seeing you out there, Danger Snoot and all. I'm sure it's going to be on. <laughs> so we've got another important couple of uh, – well, you've got another important week coming up. And this gets in a little closer to what you're doing here with our Mastery program um, from November 29th to December 5th. I hear that we're celebrating Black and Marine Science Week. So what do we want people to know about that?
1: So Black and Marine Science Week is, is kind of part of this long rolling series that's been happening on Twitter. Uh, that was kind of it was the catalyst for it was Black Birders Week. And then it turned into all different disciplines kind of celebrating black scientists. So there's like black in microbiology, black in cancer, black in blah, 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 blah. And so we're doing black in marine science week, which is going to be really exciting. So we're going to have an empowerment panel that the Marseille Lace is hosting in partnership with uh, the Black and Marine Science Organizers, as well as Minorities in Shark Sciences, which is an organization that I founded along with three other shark scientists. And we are really excited about it. We are looking to just kind of showcase the, that there's a lot of black marine scientists out here and uh, and just kind of inspire the next generation. So, representation matters and we want to make sure that everyone can see people that look like them doing cool stuff.
2: Mm -hmm. And uh, this really, it feels like to me it ties directly back to why you're here. Like, why you're here for, Joe, do you remember what Marseille stands for? Uh, Have you?
0: Marine, oh my goodness, no.
2: <laughs> One more time, Jasmine.
0: Marine Science,
1: Science Laboratory, Laboratory Alliance, Alliance. Center, Center of Excellence.
0: Oh my! No wonder it's Marseille lace. Yes,
1: yeah, Marseille
0: lace. <laughs> so, so how does all of that relate to um, you, what you do with Marseille lace? Yeah.
1: So Marseille lace is a program that is funded by the National Science Foundation's LSAMP, which is the Louis Stokes Alliance for Minority Participation. There's another acronym for you. <laughs> and <laughs> his head is exploding. <laughs> and uh, so, this is a research grant that has oh, been cool. given to Moat to understand best practices for recruiting, supporting, and retaining minority students in marine science. And so, we're kind of leveraging our internship program that we already have and building upon that to create a way of doing internships that is more inclusive and accessible to a lot of different people and so we have this model that we've been using uh, that NSF has been using for a long time and we're not seeing a huge uh, increase in diversity so we're trying to understand why is that how do we make this model more accessible how do we make it easier for people to participate Um, and so one of the ways that we're doing that is doing things like making it part-time versus full-time and Creating mentor development so that our mentors are equipped to be able to really teach people that are coming in with no experience, and uh, just kind of trying to create this cultural shift in science, where we are just making ourselves more accessible and and having a growth mindset instead of just you know being satisfied with the status quo.
0: Is it a certain age group, or are you just targeting everybody?
1: So this grant is for. We're working with two uh, partner institutions, the State College of Florida and the College of the Florida Keys. So we're geared mostly toward students that are in two year science degree
2: programs. Nice. All
0: right, so you're aiming for the the older ones. Mm -hmm. Gotcha.
2: Very nice. And, like, the, you said, like, we don't want to be satisfied with the status quo because, honestly, from what I've heard from you and Ali Bussy here in our education team, the status quo in marine science is we're not diverse enough, not even close. Like, we're pretty not diverse yeah. in
0: this field. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty white bread.
2: Yeah. yeah. And so, like, it, w- it was one of the – White
0: bread and women now. That's what it is now. It's white bread and women. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's, it's all white women now.
2: Is it? Yeah, the it
0: men are a the, lot of women. The men are yeah. gone. <laughs>
2: the women are taking over well okay well now we we need diversity in both gender and uh, racial and ethnic backgrounds absolutely so like what so i guess part of your job is to to examine what are the hurdles to to these students and like what are the things that get in the way and are you like are you already starting to shed light on that on what some of these hurdles are like you talked about maybe they need a part-time gig but what are some of the hurdles you observe like
1: Yeah, so I think the biggest is financial, so Mm. having students, a lot of marine science internships and research experiences rely on voluntary free labor, and there's even some things. Non-paid internships,
0: I think we refer to them as. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah,
1: and then there's even programs where you have to pay you have to pay them to go work there which is wild yeah you want me to pay (laughs) to do free work for you yeah i'm doing a face
2: palm right here i'm just putting my hand in my head in my hand yeah so (laughs) that i mean
1: that's a huge barrier for someone is is you know they want to do it but people have to eat people have to pay rent yeah i I like
0: that i've become accustomed to having a roof over my head yeah Yeah. me too me
2: too so, so really we're looking at just how can you get around some of these challenges and how can you accommodate the students that are smart enough and they just have a barrier or two. And
1: yeah, definitely. So we're, we're offering paid internships and offering flexibility with scheduling because people have, you know, they're working, they have families, they have other things that they have to take care of. It's it's a pretty privileged thing to be able to take 10 weeks of your life and go somewhere absolutely. and just check out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would argue that most people can't do that. Most people yeah. can't just get up and leave for 10 weeks and then no. come back to their life and everything just be fine. So we're trying to find alternatives to that that system.
2: Cool. And what? And some of this, do you already have, you already have students in um, these internships that are connected to the Marseille program, right? So yes. So like, what kind of internships are they working on, just to get a little bit of a sense?
1: So we, our first cohort was this past summer, Yeah. and we had a, a really interesting mix of people with all kinds of majors, so they're not actually all marine science people. We had a computer science person, yeah. we had an engineer, and uh, we have someone that's looking to go into vet school, so we had people working with our strandings team, we had people working with the Red Tide Institute... We had people working with the phytoplankton lab. And this semester, we have uh, a lot of coral, people doing coral health and disease. Oh, and we have people working on Red Tide again. And we actually have another in, an intern that stayed from the summer uh that actually extended her internship program and we also have a second intern that's in the process of going to extend her program as well so we have sounds like you have at least
0: around. two hooked. Yeah. Yes. Very
2: cool. <laughs> and you get you get to like I don't know, you get to learn from these students cuz you're right here working with them so you get to observe their experience, talk to them about it, see how it goes for them and Yeah. It's pretty cool. So um because you guys are doing a, you're doing one of these um, uh, online education experiences where, for Black and Marine Science Week, where you have different people who are in this field talk about their experiences. I'm curious, do you have anybody who is Black in Marine Science who you think deserves a shout out because they're just amazing?
1: I feel like everyone deserves a shout out. I don't know if I start naming <laughs> people, I'm gonna forget people, and people are gonna be like, Why didn't what you say, you say me? me? You What's wrong with
2: me? <laughs> That was an unfair question. Although I bet
0: you all, all the people she knows, they're all women.
2: Oh, stop it now! I know lots of dudes. I know. Outside. Name I know. one. Well, name
0: one guy. Alex Troutman. Uh, oh, okay. She <laughs> <got
2: me. laughs>
1: Alex Troutman is gonna be on our empowerment panel. So really? there we go. We've okay. got male representation on nice. our empowerment panel.
2: Who else is on that panel?
1: Uh, it's Amanda Hodo, who's an Aquarist mm-hmm. here, and myself. Yeah.
2: All mm-hmm. right. That a pretty Two good. Two to one ratio. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, give the girls a break. They've had a hard time coming up in the ranks of marine science. Jeannie, Tuck. I'll
0: tell you what, yeah, because I remember Jeannie telling me stories about when she went on her first cruise. Yeah. It was unheard of. Women would go on a, on a cruise Honestly. to do the, the science. And uh,
2: Everybody should get yeah. that opportunity. Women, minorities, everybody. So um, how can people get involved with Black and Marine Science Week? When's the um, empowerment panel? And then is there anything else you want people to know about?
1: Yes, yeah, so the empowerment panel is December 3rd and uh, that information is available on the events page of the Moat website. Uh, there's the YouTube link, so it'll be live streamed, so you can watch the YouTube link. Anyone that's out there that is an educator that wants to actually join in on the webinar and have the students, their students be able to ask questions, they can shoot me an email at j.gram at and I can send you the registration for the webinar. The uh, Black and Marine Science Week is mostly going to be run on the internet, so just Google Black and Marine Science Week, and we have a Twitter page. We've got uh, GitHub, which I don't know what that is. What is it? I'm not <laughs> I was just going to say, what's a GitHub? It know. is some sort of website-y thing. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't make the website. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just like one of the organizers working off to the side. I'm not the organizer that handles all of the, the yeah, web-developing right things.
0: Jasmine, I already feel old. Now you're giving me new terms. <laughs> I have no clue to what the heck. Well, that? I don't know what it is either. <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: well, I did a Google search this morning, and I definitely found them on the, uh, the Twitter. On <laughs> the Twitter? Okay. Excellent. So I definitely mm. – it was pretty easy to find, and I uh, and my Googling immediately popped up your, um, your uh, event. So – yeah, it's moat.org forward slash events is how you get to our calendar shortcut, just just so you know. So we're looking forward to seeing many of you participate in that um, Black and Marine Science Project. Absolutely. And uh, is there anything else that we forgot to go over today?
0: Something you f- need to get out there.
1: Something I need to get out there. Well, I guess I'll just shamelessly plug Minorities in Shark Sciences. Yes. So this is a, an organization that me and three other Women founded, sorry, Joe, yes, all, yeah, it, is, all it is for see. women. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so MISS is an organization dedicated to supporting women of color in shark science. So we recently formed in June, and we've had a lot of great success. We have over 150 members from 15 different countries. Wow. We have... 26 friends of MISS who are people that don't identify as women of color but want to support the organization. Mm, And um, we've also fundraised enough money to have three internships for uh, MISS members, two in uh, Bimini at the Bimini Shark Lab Mm. and one in South Africa at Oceans Research. And uh, we are also partnering with Sequest to do... Some programming for younger, uh, so high school students at all of, all nine of their locations around the United States. Wow. So we're really excited. We have a lot of momentum. And if you're interested in learning more about that organization, you can go online to MissElasmo, E-L-A-S-M-O, E-L-A-S-S-M-O, .org. We also have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all the things. And, get, and GitHub. Get, and get, and get <laughs> we don't have GitHub, <laughs> not that fancy. Don't deal with it.
2: Well, they, yeah, it's really really cool. I went on your site earlier and I was just like, you guys are recently formed and you've already like raised all this That's a planet. lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: if for being alive you know around that that short of time, that's incredible.
2: Yeah, we're you really are, excited. Right. Yeah.
0: Cooking with gas as my generation. I know.
2: And, and Sharp Science itself is not like a big world. So the fact that you already have that many members is like. Incredible. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. impressed. Well,
0: congratulations. And, and thank you so much for dropping in today. Thanks um, for having me. We, uh, we always like to, to get some new people in here.
2: Yeah, and it's been a lot of fun. And we're going to make our little um, saw, uh, sawfish hats for me and Joe, I think.
0: Are you going to color mine? Yeah. You will? Yeah. Okay. All
2: right. Ready? Sign off. Ready? 2C Fans at Moat. See you soon. We're going to see you guys soon for another episode of 2C Fans at Moat. Bye-bye.